With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From the studio in Sun City, Arizona Boomer Radio presents Wealth DNA with Ron the Ronald Naraki. Wealth DNA gives you insights and methods for increasing your net worth. Ron's experience dealing with local and international markets give him insights that can be valuable to any investor. Now here's the host of the show, Ron Naraki. Hello and Happy New Year. We here at the Wealth DNA Radio Show are honored that you're joining us today. We'll do everything we can to help this uh, year become a prosperous one for you and for millions of others. Now, when I say that, a few listeners might feel like they don't like the idea of others becoming wealthy. They think, I think at least this stems from something in their youth or their upbringing that's now restraining their wealth DNA. You see, in reality, prosperity is abundant and available to all of us, not just a select few. It's not a win-lose proposition where when one person becomes wealthy, that will hurt the chances for others. Sometime this year, we'll do a show on one of the shortest books on personal finance, The Richest Man in Babylon, which covers this idea very elegantly. Now, if you haven't read it, or if you haven't read it recently, you might want to pick up a copy. And by the way, it is also available in audio version if you prefer to listen while you drive, or maybe even while you exercise at the fitness facility you may have joined as part of your New Year's resolutions. On that note, I've been a member of various fitness facilities for about 40 years, and the usual crowd in the first two weeks of the new year seems to have diminished sooner than in prior years. Now, I attribute that to people's low health DNA, and that's another show we will do in the future, applying the wealth DNA framework to health. The same three obstacles apply to getting healthy as they do to becoming wealthy. Our show today is titled 2014 is Out, 2013 is In, and we'll have a special guest joining us very shortly to cover a lot of the political, economic, and financial aspects of the old and the new year. He's a returning guest, H.L. Quist, who will be making his third appearance on the Wealth DNA radio show. He's had such a good track record that we'll have him back as often as we can. And for those of you who know him, when I say track record, it applies to economic cycles as well as to track and field. Now, whether you're on the East Coast and you're starting to think about lunch, you're on the West Coast sipping a cup of coffee in Europe and you're trying to review a few more emails before heading home, or you're listening to the archive of the show, I'm sure you'll be glad you join us. We'll cover lots of topics with our guest, so have a pen and pad ready. We'll uh, welcome questions from you and other live listeners. If you're an astute listener, you may have noticed I've accented a few words like and, also, and both so far, and that's a theme I'm trying to focus on throughout 2014 as part of my resolutions. When considering alternatives, I'm trying not to think of either or, I'm trying to focus on both. 
You see, it's not a question of whether you or I become wealthy. It's a matter of you and I both becoming wealthy, which will have more positive effect on both the economy and those in need than just one of us becoming, becoming or being wealthy. Now, generally at the very beginning of the new year, you'll go on the Internet or you'll hear on the uh, radio or television a number of published lists. Some are called what's hot, what's not. Others are called what's in, what's out. Now, since we picked that as our theme today, I decided to share a few interesting ones I saw. For the 2016 elections, out is Benghazi will hurt Hillary's 2016 chances. In, not getting anything done as Secretary of State will hurt Hillary's 2016 chances. Now, many of them were on Obamacare. Let me show, share just a few of them. Out is premium sticker shock for Obama insurance purchasers. In is deductible sticker shock for Obamacare insurance purchasers. Out are ludicrous waiting times to get through healthcare.gov. In is ludicrous waiting time for an available doctor's appointment. Out is first time Obama officials bailing out in the second term. And in is second term Obama officials bailing out health insurance companies. I thought that was good. Now regarding U.S. foreign policy, out is Washington ignoring Syria not honoring its deal? In is Washington ignoring Iran not honoring its deal? Now, of course, about the U.S. economy, they had to have a few. Out is jobless recovery summer. In is stagnant wage recovery. Out is disproportional blather about income disparity. In is maximum hype over the minimum wage. Out is austerity. In is restraint. Out is the need for rec uh, recovery of the American economy, and in is the need for recovery of American optimism. Now, regarding U.S. politics, I've just got a couple more here. Out is Democratic fundraising emails, warning of President Obama's impeachment. In is Republican fundraising emails, promising Republic, uh, sorry, promising President Obama's impeachment. Out is open government. In is open shelving. And let's just switch to Hollywood, where they always have a few. Out are Hollywood remakes. In are Hollywood remakes of previous Hollywood remakes. And the final one, out is Beyonce. In is Beyonce. Well, when we talk about how and where to invest in 2014, some of these themes may be similar. Today is January 13th, 2016. Uh, sorry, let's try that again. That was the beginning of my uh, the start was 2016. January 13th, 2014. It is 9.06 in Arizona, 8.06 a.m. on the West Coast, and 17.06 in continental Europe. It's the only day ever like it, so we'll do everything possible to make it a great one. You're listening to the Wealth DNA Radio Show. I'm your host, Ron Naraki. The show airs every second and fourth Monday at 9 a.m in Arizona. Now, I certainly hope you can join us each time we air, but if you miss a show like the earlier ones with H.L. Quist I mentioned, you can find them on the archives. Just go to wealthdna.us, where we list each of the shows, both upcoming and archive. Now, we welcome your comments and questions during the show, and I recommend the chat window to the number of topics we'll have, and that is right below the radio player. You can call in. The call-in number is 917-388-4162. That number is at the top of the Internet screen if you're coming in through the Internet as well. 
Now, the U.S. equity markets, which ended last year at a new record high, are off to a flat but slightly upstart today. Asia was mixed. Europe, which is just closing, was up, or is up, I should say. And Brazil is slightly down. Now, incidentally, gold, which has been up 3.8% so far this year, is up very slightly today. Our special guest today is H.L. Quist. He's the author. He's an author, historian, and an investment ad, uh, advisor representative at Dynamic Wealth Advisors. He's a lifelong athlete and is also known as the Mythbuster. Although he wasn't born in Arizona, he's lived in Arizona more years than 95% of the state's population. H.L. Quist has over 40 years' experience in financial services as a registered uh, representative and investment advisor representative. Mr. Quist was also involved as a real estate developer for 10 years and has been teaching a real estate continuing education course for 20 years. Let's give a warm radio welcome to H.L. Quist. Welcome back, H.L., and thank you for joining us today. Good morning. Happy New Year. And, uh, <laughs> and Happy New Year to you, absolutely, you on a nice, sunny Arizona day. What a surprise, huh? <laughs> I, I gave a brief It may be a surprise to somebody living in Wisconsin or Minnesota or oh, whatever, but it's not a very big surprise to us, though. No, no, definitely not. Once, uh, once this, the uh, sun comes up, we know it's going to be sunny the rest of the day. Now, I gave a brief overview of your background. How do you introduce yourself is it to a, a group of new people or at a cocktail party? Well, I suppose at a cocktail party, I'd introduce myself as a as the MythBuster, <laughs> just to, you well, know, to, as, as an opener. And they'll say, "What is that? What is a MythBuster?" And I said, "I debunk myths." <laughs> and you know, they're they're scratching their head. Of course, I'll tell them I'm an investment advisor, and uh, have been in the business for you know, like better part of fifty years. So I'm an old guy. Well, yeah, uh, yeah. Based on your bio, you're a couple of years old. Now, last I remember, I'm 38, so that would make you probably in your 40s. Sure. Mm-hmm. Our topic today is 2014 is in and 2013 is out. So let's start with 2013. A year ago at this time, you had some expectations of what would happen in the, in the world and in the financial markets. What were some of your expectations that turned out to be uh, very accurate? Well, in you know, your in-and-out uh, scenario, obviously in 2013, financial assets were in, hard assets mm-hmm. were out. Uh, in, in that context, I entered a contest, uh, and, and I, I projected that the Dow would finish uh, 25% higher from, from 12,900 at the end of two, uh, 2012, and of course that was right on the money. Uh, so I thought, you know, it was a pretty easy, uh, as long as, as Bernanke continued uh, uh, QE to infinity, uh, two, 2013 would be a banner year for equities and real estate. So in those two areas, uh, I was correct. Also, uh, I projected that bond uh, interest rates would rise, and of course the uh, the treasuries would take a hit. And uh, we saw the change from a low of 1.60% on the 10-year uh, to a topped uh, 3% here just a couple of weeks ago. So uh, I hit those two uh targets right on the button uh and uh uh what we saw then of course was we, we saw the bull market in bonds that died the 30 years 
can you imagine, Ron? It was 30 mm-hmm. years, oh, 1980, yeah. 1980, you know. Uh, I remember getting CDs at uh, Western Savings at uh, 15%. Uh, the treasuries were right in that same area. So we went from 15% down to 1.60%. That's a heck of a bull market. And a lot of money was made in bonds. But that, that game is over, in my opinion. Well, 30 years is in a bad run. How about surprises? <laughs> what yeah, what right. didn't work? Uh, what, you know, we'd love to have a 30-year run in almost anything else, right? Uh, yeah, it's just sure. that they do eventually. You, you get used to it. You can get too comfortable to think it's always going to be that way. Now, what surprises did you have in 2013? What didn't work out as you would expect it? Well, my, my big negative and, and with, you know, substantial uh, significant losses were uh, the gold market. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew that you know, in August of uh, 2011, when we reached that double top at 1900 and change, uh, I knew that we were going to have a sell-off, but I never uh, projected that it would go down and hit a low of 1188 per ounce uh, here at the end of the year. I mean, that was uh, that took me by surprise, and unfortunately, that was my loser for the year. Yeah, I do remember that sell signal, as a matter of fact, and I uh, oh, yeah. did use that to sell off virtually all of them. And uh, that is as headed down as you had thought, and I had thought that uh, they would be short down ticks. I kept buying. Well, I'm still buying, so <laughs> I've got quite an accumulated yeah. amount there. Now, before I forget, let's get your contact information out to our listeners. You do a weekly podcast. You have a blog. How do, how do people access that? Well, I think the best way, you know, obviously the title of the blog is so long, uh, people can't write it down. The easiest mm-hmm. thing is just to Google uh, HLQuist, uh, mm-hmm. Q-U-I-S-T, and then my sites will come up. Uh, it's the what you're looking for, or what the listener is looking for, is the aftermath of greed. And okay. all my podcasts are archived there and so forth, so... And that happens to be a book of yours, Aftermath of Greed. So well, that was we'll the talk. title. Yeah, the, fir- the first book in 2009, which the Aftermath of Greed, which I told, you know, why, why this all happened and why it came down. And, uh, you know, it's pretty easy for people to know now, but they didn't then. Uh, so uh, this was uh, the bottom of the cycle. And, of course, I was projecting then that uh, in 2009 we'd see a, a boom in financial assets and actually hard assets at that time. Correct. As a matter of fact, you you said your first book. That's the first book related to this cycle. You've written, I think, four books prior to that. Well, but they weren't financial. Um, A lot of them were historical. Uh, Mm -hmm. Even wrote a novel, uh, which you know covered financials too, because it was in the dot com uh, bubble days. So my hero there projected a uh, collapse in the dot coms, uh, which turned out to be uh, fortuitous. Um, But the second book was uh, how to profit from the coming inflationary boom and avoid the next collapse. And, of course, that's going on right now as we speak. Absolutely, and that's, that's mm-hmm. what we want to talk about. So let's peel the onion, and let's first start at that top layer, kind of the global geopolitical tapestry. Uh, there are a number of problems around the world, as usual, problem areas, uh, the Middle East uh, being kind of the main one. But we didn't have any major coups, or major wars, I should say. There were a couple coups. Uh, what do you expect, and could some of those hotspots erupt in 2014? Well, I think where we are, Ron, is and, I, and our listeners have experienced this, is that that we're ignoring uh, these events, whether it be in Europe or the Middle East or uh, the Chinese and the Japanese. Uh, the markets are ignoring them. Uh, obviously, there could be 
something significant, but uh, there's turmoil all over the world, and and uh, uh, the markets are ignoring them. I think that one thing that that stands out uh, uh, to me is that when Janet Napolitano left office, uh, in her departing remarks, she said, uh, uh, "Beware of," and, and she forecast a cyber attack uh, on the U.S. and a po- potential of a breakdown in the electrical grid. Now, that's an event that would eff- affect our markets if that happened. Uh, Janet is just absolutely amazing in her ability to t- make a move at the right time. <laughs> you know, when she left Arizona, when she left Arizona, she knew there was going to be a budget crisis, and so she got she she changed from Hillary to to Obama, so she got her her job in uh, in Washington. Now she knows that uh, Homeland Security is going to have a crisis, so she moves on to academia. So she's she's Correct. been pretty she's been pretty adroit at moving at the right time. That sounds like a good guest I should have on as a good predictor and uh, you know pose that to her in a gentle <laughs> way. Uh, but that would be uh, well. That's another topic. Now, sure. the European economies is one of those that uh, we've kind of ignored, but they've been stabilizing, even improving. And I, I looked at the stock market in Greece; it was the seventh best performer in 2013. Do you think Europe will continue to improve? No. Uh, Don't agree with you there. Um, I think Northern Europe, I think the Scandinavian countries have done very well. In fact, you know, Norway is a a currency that I favor uh, because they've got, what, a trillion dollars now in their uh, sovereign wealth fund. The government has no debt and has enormous cash flow. So the European, the Northern European, but Southern European countries, don't let that market uh, rise in, in Greece fool you. Um, okay. I think that comments by Mario Draghi uh, last week were very, very important. He, he used the term uh, declining inflation. In other words, mm. instead of saying deflation, he used right. that term. And he said uh, the Central Bank Europe, the European Central Bank, is going to do all, whatever it takes uh, to uh, keep the economy going. And then uh, Christine Lagarde, she's uh, the French lady that's now the uh, head of the IMF, the International Monetary Fund. She has proposed, and get this, folks, and listen very, very carefully, Mm -hmm. that 10% of all depositors' money be used to reduce the debt, the bank debt in Europe. In other words, it's kind of a takeoff on the bailout of the Cyprus banks. Confiscate people's – she she didn't use the term confiscate, but they want to – see, Europe is just uh, up to its eyeballs in debt, and she wants a 10% contribution to reduce bank debt. Isn't that something? Wow. Wow. Yeah, no, I know the IMF is proposing all sorts of crazy things lately to Oh, yeah, uh, to global tax, that, so. global tax, and exactly. everything. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. All right, how about the 800-pound gorilla, which is uh, in, in Asia, of course, and that's China. It seems to be slowing a little bit, although their, their growth rates always have been at least purported to be very, very high. What are your thoughts for 2014? Well, I think China is, of course, the big X factor, um, and uh, you, you're probably familiar with Gordon Chang. Uh, I, I met know him the two name. years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's Chinese, obviously, and he sure. wrote a book called The Coming Collapse of China. And uh, that's when I first learned about the ghost cities, you know, where mm-hmm. they've built these massive cities and there isn't a single occupant in these cities or office buildings or what have you. But uh, I, I cite a, um, 
uh, January 11th article in the Wall Street Journal about uh, uh, the surprises that are coming, uh, nasty surprises in the banking system. Uh, you know, the, the, over there, the banks, the, the principal banks are government-owned, but they Correct. make loans to, they have what they call a shadow banking system. These are <laughs> loan sharks that borrow from the banks, and then they make the real estate development loans and what have you. And uh, their, their loans are, you know, the 30 40% range. And I think, I think, you know, nobody has said this, but my, my conclusion is that the, the federal government, the Chinese government, the CHICOMs, they know that they're going to foreclose on all these properties, and that's what they want. They want the state to own all the private property. So this ah. was just a, a, a system. So anyway, there are some nasty surprises and uh, their, their private and government debt, according to an independent report, is 215% of GDP. So uh, there's something significant going on in China. And, of course, I don't believe any of their numbers. So uh, uh, I've had some experiences there with investments in Chinese companies. So, uh, you know, I'm not a good person to talk to if you're, if you're bullish on China. <laughs> correct, correct. Actually, I, I, from, from years ago, I actually made quite a bit of money shorting China and then had to ease back a little bit as the uh, Chinese uh, uh, stock market started to go up. But that's, that's an interesting point. Yeah, no, and the data is very unreliable. I mean, we complain about the data oh, yeah, coming sure. out of the uh, mm -hmm. Bureau of Lies and, uh, and uh, Scams uh, here in Washington. But, uh, you know, there it's just, it's just, you know, they control their own data, so we really don't know what's there. And most of the uh, reporting agencies have decided to not set up shop because they can't have access. Well, uh, I think the anomaly, just, okay. just one other point, Ron, sure. is that the Chinese government is the largest accumulator of gold bullion uh, in the world. Uh, they are now acquiring, last year they acquired 50% of the entire world's production. And, of course, all the mines in China have to sell their production to the government. So there's, there's something going on here. The Chinese want the, uh, their currency to be the world's reserve currency backed by gold. So there is a day coming uh, when they're going to pull the plug uh, on the U.S., in my opinion, and uh, they want to be king of the world. They want to be the uh, central bank of the world. So that's, uh, that's coming. I don't know when, but that's coming. Hmm. Interesting point. We'll come back to gold, as a matter of fact, very shortly. Sure. Uh, Japan, another large economy, was the second largest, uh, I, I think, until recently. But uh, they've been printing yen faster than Bernanke can say, $85 billion per month. Uh, that's helped their stock market. They were up more than 50% last year. I had to go find these statistics. I, I just didn't believe it was that much. Uh, and, but it did hurt the yen, of course, dramatically. What do you see in 2014 for Japan? Well, they wanted to hurt the yen. They wanted to uh, devalue the yen, particularly against the dollar, uh, so they could export more because uh, they, they've got a real real problem in Japan. The, the de demographics are very frightening uh, right. from an economical standpoint. So Abenomics is uh, designed, it's, it's, it's plain, pure Keynesianism. In other words, uh, print the currency. You know, interest rates there are, you know, a sure. 10-year bond is like 1%, you know, so... Um, uh, they've had a loss two decades, and uh, I think that what's important for us is to use uh, Japan as a barometer as to the success or the f failure of Keynesianism. In other words, money printing or quantitative easing, whatever you want to call it, because I, I believe it's going to fail, uh, and uh, particularly at this scale. And uh, that's going to tell us a lot as far as 
Europe is concerned, the U.S. and what have you, on the uh, lack of success of uh, uh, money printing. Okay. How about emerging markets? They haven't done nearly as well as some of the other markets, uh, and yet they would seem to have the most potential for growth. What are your thoughts for 2014? What, what's held them back, and will that uh, change? Well, I, I, I'm, I'm not in any emerging markets right now. You know, the, the, the best ones uh, is our neighbor to the south, Mexico. Mexico is making mm-hmm. reforms after all these years, inviting uh, outside capital, uh, they are doing joint ventures. Pmax is doing joint ventures with the U.S. and other companies, and, and you know Mexico is is the best, but uh, Latin America is headed for deep, deep trouble. Uh, there was an article in Wall Street Journal on the 11th regarding uh, Brazil and uh, the mm-hmm. massive inflation that's taking off there. Uh, right. I think that you know what we have to have in focus here is that Argentina, Venezuela, Bolivia. Uh, Brazil, these are all Marxist countries now. And uh, when things start going tough uh, as far as the economy is concerned, uh, they just exercise more control. This Dina Rousseff, the uh, uh, president of Brazil, she was a Marxist guerrilla. Mm-hmm. I mean, she, she led the overthrow of the government, for goodness sakes. You know, and I, I, they can't even get ready for the, uh, uh, the world soccer match. Uh, they're building stadiums, and one of them just collapsed. They're way oh behind schedule. I think the possibility of that being canceled. I think there's a possibility the Olympics will be canceled. Uh, they're in deep doo-doo and down there, and Venezuela is on the verge of collapse. So I am not, other than Mexico uh, and Colombia, uh, I have no interest in Latin America. Okay, very good. Let me remind our listeners, you're tuned to the Wealth TNA Radio Show. I'm your host, Ron Naraki. look forward to you joining us every second and fourth Monday. If you've missed some of the prior shows, you want to re-listen, just go to the archives, wealthdna.us. If you'd like to get an email reminder of the shows, you can do one of two things. Just send an email to me, ron at wealthdna.us. We'll keep you posted about future shows and events. And reminder, during the show, we welcome you, you and our other listeners to ask questions. And the easiest way is through the chat window. It's an area right below the radio player where you can actually type in your question. We will get a chance to see that and try to fit it in along with the rest of the topics today. Our topic, by the way, is 2014 is out. Uh, Sorry, 2014 is in as far as I know. 2013 is out, uh, which we're discussing with H.L. Quist. He's also known as the Mythbuster, who has researched and accurately predicted recent economic cycles. Now, H.L., back in 2018, you predicted the stock market returning to record highs within three years. While gurus like Harry Dent were uh, predicting the next great recession, you were probably viewed as, uh, by many as the lunatic fringe. Am I right? Jeez, I've been called a lot of things. I haven't been called a lunatic. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, Harry Dent's an interesting situation. I'm glad you brought that up. I attended his uh, big seminar at the Biltmore. It was about 1993, if I remember. And he was sponsored by some mutual fund company. And he was touring the country uh, promoting his book, which was very, very bullish on the equity markets, of course. And he was right. Mm-hmm. He got it right. The demographics, the, uh, the baby boomers and entering their, their uh, wealth uh, era, you know, the, the times that they would be spending. And he was absolutely correct. But, you know, that was of all the books he's published, that was the only one that was right. And, yeah, exactly. uh, Clearly that it, next one wasn't. 
people people have not one uh I was interviewed on a show and I took the time to go back and research the books and I was looking for my notes but I couldn't find them uh but every book after that has been wrong and of course now he's touring the country and he's forecasting a major depression uh globally he's talking about the Dow Jones uh, uh declining to 6500 and then down to 2500 he's predicting 20 uh $200 uh per ounce gold and basically a uh, a depression uh so i don't buy into that at all yeah he may eventually be right it's just uh, his timing is awful because i think he started touting that around 2009 uh that the 6500 would be hitting so i guess it's been a long uh, long tour cycle well i hope eventually he's not right but if, he will be right though ron if we go through a hyperinflationary uh blow off what is called the uh uh, the crack-up boom that von Mises uh, talked about in his writings for years and years. And uh, at the end of any inflationary cycle or hyperinflationary cycle, you do have a bust, uh, you know, and all debt is just absolutely uh, uh, washed away. And uh, if that happened, uh, which is a possibility, uh, then Harry sure. would uh, be right and he'd save his career probably. <laughs> well, yeah, assuming assuming the book is still in print by that point. Uh, the uh, okay. U.S. stock market was the ninth best performing in 2013, the fifth strong year in a row. And the S&P uh, 500 hit 45 new highs in a new year. Uh, mm-hmm. in, in, I'm sorry, New Year's Eve. Uh, can you you know can you possibly foresee that continuing for 2014? Well, I tell you, uh, this year projecting and forecasting, I haven't entered the contest yet. I did enter the Barron's contest, uh, which I forecast a 10% uh, improvement in in the in the Dow. Uh, you know, they have a 30-question uh, contest mm-hmm. that you enter. It covers a lot of things. But anyway, um, this is, uh, I think the challenge this year is the global central banks uh, uh, avoiding the falling inflation, or what I refer to in my books as the double D. The double D okay. is, of course, deflation and default. So, um, you know, I, I I am positive. I think that like the employment report that came out Friday, if if there is a, a slowdown in the economy, in my last week's program, I was very bullish on uh, U.S. equities mm-hmm. and real estate going forward. And uh, if there is a slowdown, then uh, uh, Janet Yellen is, is going to up the ante and start printing more money rather than uh, start to taper. So that's the, that's the key, but it's a tough one to call. Uh, you know, but I'm still saying it'll be positive. Uh, but we, we're at a PE ratio now on the S&P 500 of 15.4 going forward into the year. So that's pretty difficult. I think there's going to be a major correction this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the bull market is going to continue. Okay. Well, we're getting uh, more in sync, or I'm starting to think more like you. As a matter of fact, I had predicted by April 1st that Janet Yellen would be up to $100 billion, uh being printed mm. per month. Uh, Good so for that's you. Uh, very, yeah, very likely. I, I, yeah. I, I think we're. I think uh, that's on record here on the show earlier. Uh, but again, at this point, it looks like I'm wrong because they've actually decreased, or at least projected to decrease. Okay. One of my concerns is the current administration will claim it's their great economic policies uh, that led to this great boom, and a few million people might actually believe them. Uh, what would you tell those people? Well, I think there's a great disconnect here. Uh, you know, on, on what, the administration claiming that uh, they've boosted the uh, asset inflation 
uh, created the asset inflation, which is the equities and the real estate. That's for the mm-hmm. the one percent or the five percent. You know, Correct. when they're supposed to be doing the they're supposed to be doing all these things for the middle class. Uh, the, it, it's widening the inequality that the president talks about. So there's there's a major disconnect here. And uh, <clears throat> what the the bottom line is is Lacey Hunt pointed out to in a seminar I attended that he was a featured speaker here two months ago, uh, is that the, we need GDP growth of 4% in the United States, and uh, we haven't come anywhere as close to that in 2013. So it's all been monetary stimulation, and uh, we need some real concrete uh, GDP growth. All right, so it's interesting, but you just basically uh, reiterated the idea that that's probably why they're moving away from this uh, blather about income disparity and to the hype about minimum wage, since uh, it has yeah. caused the effect well, there is a big disconnect there, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But now most of the public is just most of the public is you know that uh, they just don't understand that they understand the inequality and egalitarianism, but uh, they don't. Uh, uh, you talk about a good economy. Uh, there's a tremendous disconnect there, in my opinion. Yeah, they don't understand what you just you know what mm-hmm. you just shared. Basically, what I just, yeah, I was right. mm-hmm. kind of for your advice. But before we leave this geopolitical arena, what do you think will happen during the 2014 elections for Congress? Well, I think that uh, the president is going to go uh, all out, balls to the wall, uh, mm-hmm. to make sure that he doesn't lose control of the Senate. If he loses control of the Senate, and if the vote were held today, if the election were today, there's a good chance that he would. Uh, then I think uh, the, the question of impeachment will come up, uh, and that will be negative, uh, although it wasn't in the Clinton years. Um, but I think <laughs> that that is a very distinct possibility. You know, this guy is, uh, he's, he's got absolute control right now, just about. And uh, he's doing what he wants to do. And uh, my piece this weekend, uh, uh, you know, was all about the uh, loss of ethics and the rule of law in the United States. That's what's breaking down. And corruption, right. is, uh, corruption is king. You know, that's what's happening. Okay, let's switch to the other key asset classes, and uh, let me start with the largest and kind of the least known, which is foreign currencies. You've been predicting, uh, because of the amount of printing, the decline of the U.S. dollar, uh, and, you know, with the amount that we're printing, but it's kind of compared to what? Because other currencies are printed now almost as quickly, or Japan even quicker. What would the dollar decline against, and do you still see that happening? Well, the, the dollar is rallying now, you know, is right at the precipice, uh, you know, that to, for our listeners, if the dollar uh, declines below 78 on the index, uh, that's very, very bearish for the markets and the economy. If it, uh, uh, it, if it punches through the resistance at 82 on the index, that's very, very bullish. And we're we're, you know, we've approached that, you know, with the good news and so forth on the economy. Um, the, the, the U.S. dollar, I, I don't know, have you read Aftershock, you know, by Wiedner? Um, I have, yes. You have read that? You know, his, 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 his theory is that the Treasury will default because they'll be, the uh, Fed will be the only uh, source of, uh, of government debt, the Treasury debt, and they'll just keep printing, mm-hmm. and ultimately uh, they'll default because of uh, just the supply. People will go away. They won't want the dollar. Uh, but certainly the dollar will decline, Ron, against the yuan. Uh, okay. You know, the Chinese have shifted their philosophy instead of having a cheap 
uh, currency is to having a strong currency. So we've seen that happen right now. And surprisingly, I think the dollar could decline against the euro. Uh, and uh, my favorite currency, as I mentioned earlier, is the Norwegian krona, because mm-hmm. that, will be the, that will be one of the strong uh, currencies in the world. Okay. Yeah, it's interesting that the European countries that um, aren't part of uh, the EU <laughs> tend to are part of the euro, uh, I should mm-hmm. say part of the uh, uh, monetary union, uh, right. happen to do a Correct. little bit better. Uh, one of the big stories in 2013, which you had touched on, is, of course, bonds, and, and specifically uh, the U.S. bonds have, have declined dramatically as interest rates rose. Back in 2009, you appropriately predicted this. I mean, you, you and I, I think, were actually having lunch together at the time, and you said that the there's really no place to go, although neither of us foresaw Bernanke buying a higher-speed printing press. Uh, mm-hmm. Is this just the beginning of a 10- to 30-year trend, or does, uh, as some people are saying, oh, it was just once, and now interest rates will stabilize at this level? Well, higher interest rates is actually good news. Uh, you know, I, if I've been guilty of anything, um, I'm, I'm early to the party, uh, mm-hmm. and I certainly was in, the, uh, in forecasting the bonds. Uh, I, I've been buying TBT, uh, for uh, for accounts and so forth in the mid 50s uh, back in 2012. Well, that was about 55 dollars a share or something like that, as I remember it. Now it's 75 and been as high as 85. So there have been some nice gains there in uh, shorting the bonds, and I think uh, going forward. But the rising interest rates in the early stages of an inflationary cycle, which I hope that we're starting. You know, it's, it's a bullish for the market. It's bullish for uh, real estate and commodities. Uh, the only bad news, of course, is for the bondholders. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. And I exited bonds, and mm-hmm. I think you did as well uh, back then. Uh, of course, that hasn't hurt me. I've got other options uh, uh, you know, available, but uh, a lot of people didn't, and they don't know where to go. That's yeah, there was a rally, you know, from when we talked. You know, there was a rally, and mm-hmm. if, you'd have been, if you'd have been short the bonds, you would have taken a, a hit. Uh, but uh, once the uh, QE got going, uh, it was it was a pretty easy bet to uh, uh, short the bonds. Yeah, it's getting less and less uh, effective, all the money they're printing. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about precious metals and the miners. And, and uh, as you said, you've been uh, bullish for quite a long time. Of course, you were right for a long time. Then we had took a dip uh, much deeper than either of us expected. So, I, you know, I'm accumulating a lot. I have accumulated as the price keeps dropping. I've been buying more. Uh, what do you see? When do you see? Have we bottomed? And, uh, you know, where are we going uh, given that we've now printed another $2 trillion since the uh, uh, gold market mm-hmm. uh, peaked? Well, I think that uh, right now I'm standing by. Now, I've still got some stocks that I held, but, you know, you look at uh, index funds like GDXJ, which has been one of my favorite. That's the junior mm-hmm. miners. Uh, Ron, that's down 83%. Oh, I 83%. know. 83%. <laughs> and, and going forward, I think it's a darn good buy. But here's what I'm doing is I'm waiting and I'm telling my clients to wait and see if we breach that 1188 ounce uh, per ounce bottom. It's a double bottom. You look at the chart and we've come close to that. And so uh, what I want is confirmation that uh, uh, the capitulation is over and that we're going to resume that bull market. Because I think going forward, maybe the next two or three years, uh, gold is going to be one of the uh, number one asset uh, sectors uh, that's going to have their best performance. Okay, so it is a long-term uh, play continuing, 
And uh, as I said, I've, I'm, I'm kind of ready now. I'm not going to. Uh, I'm going to hold off a little bit longer for, before buying more, and I'm, I've got them pretty well heavy weighted anyway. But how about well, there's other a, there's commodities? A, there's, a, there's a real. Sorry to interrupt you. Sure, um, I got to remember while I still got up my train of thought. You know, that's what Go happens. That's what happens when you get my age. You know, uh, but uh, uh, I think that there is tremendous manipulation of this market going on. That you know, the average person, even the people that are sophisticated about the bullion markets and so forth. But Eric Sprott, who's the, one of the wealthiest investors in, in Canada, and he has uh, you know, Sprott Investments and so forth. He has his own silver fund and what have you. And I met with Eric. In fact, Eric was responsible for uh, sponsoring my son's uh, company in Canada. Uh, incidentally, my son sold his you know, one of his mining companies for over a billion dollars here uh, last wow. year. So, so you know, he, he he this was a good time for him to get out. But anyway, um, uh, I think he says, uh, Sprott says that this is the uh, biggest fraud in, in in world history. Is the what's going on in the bullion market? And the U.S. says that they've got eight thousand tons of uh, bullion. And uh, he believes it's not anywhere close to that, that the U.S. has been, and you can see this from the COMEX warehouse numbers, gold is disappearing from the U.S. government and the COMEX warehouses. And we think it's going to China. And they, uh, the, the Fed led that, uh, that uh, uh, the shorting of, the, um, of gold here last summer. Uh, remember that went down near the sure. 400, tons that, 400 tons that were shorted? Well, only the Fed would have the resources to do that or the balls to do that. Uh, but anyway, I think that this is, a, this is a deal that the U.S. government has made with China, and they've been able to deliver gold at these lower uh, prices as a hedge against the potential loss to the Chinese on our U.S. treasuries. That's just my hmm. personal opinion. Uh, but it's uh, well-researched, and uh, it's supported by other people that are a lot smarter in the industry than I am. Oh, it's an interesting point. I'm glad you mentioned the manipulation because that wasn't my notes, and I meant to ask that. Uh, yeah. This is one of the few markets. I'm not a big believer in manipulation of markets, uh, but this is one of, the, one of the markets I really do think something is going on, kind of like the old uh, days with silver uh, a couple times in history where it's been manipulated pretty dramatically. Yeah. Uh, how about other commodities? Uh, if the world economy continues to expand, e even at this slow pace, commodities should be going up in price, correct? Well, I think a lot of that is tied into China and demand. You know, you just take the whole commodity sector across the board, from the softs to the hards, you know, from the corn to wheat to mm -hmm. whatever. Uh, I think that, uh, uh, you know, with the world uh, in a deflationary uh, scenario, I don't think we're going to see uh, the return to hard assets again. But, you know, that could change in a heartbeat. I think that, that when this inflationary thing, I think there's a lag time. I think or a two- or three-year lag, all this monetary stimulation uh, is going to result in uh, inflation, and commodities then will just suddenly take off. I think inflation is going to be a sudden phenomenon rather than a short, you know, just kind of a gradual uh, appreciation of prices and of goods and services. Okay. Any favorites if you were playing commodities in 2014? 
Well, um, you know, I watch that market very, very carefully. I have an egg background, uh, mm-hmm. so you know, I'm I've been in cotton and I've been in wheat and I've been in uh, pork bellies and that type of thing over the years. But um, no, I don't have any right now. I'm just waiting okay. for that market to change, and I think it's a good time to just stand by and uh, watch what's going to happen. Okay. Let's talk okay. a little bit more about the equity markets. You are overall optimistic. Uh, it is, from what you're saying, going to be a little bit closer to the mean of that 8 to 9% as opposed to the you know 30, almost 30% we had last year. Uh, but will the U.S. outperform the other markets? Uh, how about China, Europe, uh, the emerging markets? Emerging, what you're saying, is not. Uh, but um, you know, which, which would you have more money in? Would you uh, have an equal amount in each of those, or do you think the U.S. is going to out- continue to outperform? Well, based on what we know right now, uh, mm-hmm. the, the place to be is in the U.S. markets. Uh, okay. But I, I have to tell you that uh, uh, with the deal that we're involved in and so forth, we're, we're going to be probably 60%, 70% cash uh, waiting for uh, signs uh, of a change in a direction. I don't want to, I don't want to get in too early. Uh, obviously, it's the smart money that's moved the U.S. equity market, and the small investor uh, is probably now starting to seize the numbers at the end of the year and is starting to invest. Uh, but I, I want to see a clear signal that uh, uh, things are going my direction before I before I jump in. But I see, you know, as I said before, a 10 to 20 percent is certainly in the cards uh, for the U.S. market. Okay. When you play that, is it going to be small, mid-cap, large companies? Well, I favor the, the, the small caps because, you know, when the economy starts to improve, it's the small caps that outperform, and even small cap value, they'll outperform uh, the major markets. And, you know, with the, the Dow and the S&P up, uh, you know, 20 26 27%, a lot of that froth is taken out. I mean, they're pushing the max now on P.E. ratios and so forth. So I look to the uh, uh, small caps and even the micro caps. I mean, I, I'm, 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 that's where my expertise is. I, I have the ability to uh, size up uh, uh, micro caps and pick some uh, winners. I've got a huge winner that uh, uh, we're involved in right now. In fact, the buyout could come be announced this afternoon. <laughs> so it's, 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 something, it's something that's uh, it's, it's career-changing for a lot of people and so forth. We're talking returns in excess of 10,000% if uh, wow. this happens. But you've really got to do due diligence. You, sure. you know, the, 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 what the brokers will tell you is, is you don't want to invest in microcaps. Uh, they're too risky. Well, what the secret to my success, if there is one, is the fact that I assess risk differently than okay. advisors do. Uh, and in this particular case, I did my homework. I employed experts because I couldn't understand technology, particularly when it gets into mm-hmm. telephony and uh, so forth. So uh, I said, uh, you guys tell me, uh, is this a scam or is this phony or whatever? They came back in about three weeks and they said, if these people get their patents, uh, the mm-hmm. technology is absolutely disruptive and essential to the industry Microsoft, Cisco, Apple, Google, they're all going to have to have it, and uh, it will be worth a small fortune. Well, as soon as they got the patents, and this has been five, six, seven years coming, uh, sure enough, they got all four of them now, and uh, now they're scrambling, the, uh, the, the big shots are, are scrambling to, uh, to buy this little company. 
but I did extreme amount of due diligence. And whether it's pharmaceuticals, precious metals, uh, or technology, uh, those the, the you know you don't want to put five percent of your money or ten percent of your money in that sector. Sure. But uh, if you get a winner, uh, remember sell Gene when it was fifty cents. Uh, well, it right. was fifty dollars. Right, right. You know. Uh, so, uh, you know, that's, uh, hopefully this all comes to pass. I've got some real happy people if it does. <laughs> okay. And it's, it sounds like it's already heading up as, as they get in their patents. So uh, well, they're, they're already yeah, making we're, some money. We're already 3000%, uh, but, and we've, we've, we've recaptured our investment, which is good, uh, lesson for all of the people. Most of my people have recaptured their investment, which was very small. We bought right. the stock at a penny, you know. Uh, yeah. in December of, uh, of 2012. Um, so uh, we're just waiting for the, the news of the buyout. And uh, uh, so it's, it could, the, the news could come out today, and tomorrow will be a, a picnic. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, not in Wisconsin, though. <laughs> One of the things that worries me, a lot of the wirehouses, financial advisors, are starting to agree with you that 2014 is going to be a good year. Is that too much optimism out there? Well, you can get you can get once you start getting sent, bullish sentiment or the the uh, opposite the uh, the bearish sentiment. Once you start getting up in the sixty seventy percent range, well, then you've got to be cautious. I'm a contrarian. Uh, mm-hmm. I always go against the crowd, and so when that sentiment gets up, that's the time to take money off the table. Um, but I don't see that right now. Although you know we're stretching, the PE ratios are getting up there. And, um, you know, it's, it's susceptible to a major correction. So I'm kind of on a standby mode right now. Okay, fair enough. How about real estate? We can't forget about real estate, especially the U.S. Uh, residential real estate. Uh, it's it's uh, really picked up dramatically, especially in the hard-hit markets like here in Phoenix. Uh, will it continue? Well, three years, I told my wife, she's been in the business for 33 years, and, and, and our daughter's in, in partnership with her. And uh, she was saying about retiring, and I said, uh, no, don't hang up your shingle. Uh, we're going to see uh, a big boom in real estate. And she said, oh, it ain't going to happen, it ain't going to happen. I mean, Paradise Valley, there's, no, you know, we've had houses listed there for a year, two years, and there's been no action. I said, that's going to change. And uh, fortunately, she kept her license, and she's had last year had a very good year. And I see that continuing. You know, Real estate is a momentum market too, Ron, and mm-hmm. there's tremendous mm-hmm. momentum, and I don't think rising interest rates are going to uh, to impact it that much. Uh, you know, we go back and look at that period '76 to '80 when interest long-term uh, fixed went from eight uh, percent to sixteen percent. Uh, it didn't slow down the momentum in the in the residential or in the commercial market at that time until 1980, and boom, it just suddenly came to an end. Um, but uh, if if the inflationary psyche changes where people think, well, I better buy that house today because tomorrow it's going to be more expensive, uh, we could actually increase the momentum uh, in the real estate market going into this year. Okay, and I do want to continue this. I might even keep you a little bit longer uh, because this is a, an important topic. But let me just remind our listeners, especially any that just tuned in, you're listening to the Wealth DNA Radio Show. I'm your host, Ron Naraki. You can listen to the earlier portion on the archive, and that is wealthdna.us. And, of course, you can catch the prior shows there as well. Today our guest is H.O. Quist, also known as the Mythbuster. Our topic today is 2014 is in, 2013 is out. 
H.L., mm-hmm. we've had, uh, you know, I'm, I'm expecting and looking for your reaction here, that the market uh, growth in prices at least would slow down a little bit. I would agree that the momentum is there. But we had, saw increases of 25 to 35 percent annually here in the Phoenix market. Uh, mm-hmm. I would think that that's going to slow a little bit in terms of that uh, growth rate. What are your thoughts? Well, I'm going to give you give our listeners and and yourself being the, the expert in the market. I here's what I see coming from the high end is that mm-hmm. this this bailout bail in instead of bailout on the banks. You see. Uh, real estate is going to be and is right now, in my opinion, is a source, uh, a, a hedge against any potential confiscation of bank accounts or whatever uh, in event that a bank fails. You know, FDIC insurance mm-hmm. is going to go away. And uh, I see the smart money putting money into land, into uh, high-end real estate just to hold an asset that uh, cannot be confiscated by the government because what we're what we're faced with all of us is the uh, desire to redistribute assets, and mm-hmm. uh, there's several schemes that are uh, uh, being proposed. In fact, there's one bill uh, that's already been proposed to to the House of Representatives for uh, confiscating IRAs and 401ks. So we've got to be mindful of this because this is a whole different ball game. And uh, people are putting uh, uh, money into real estate for a, a hedge against inflation and a hedge against uh, confiscation. So uh, that's why we see some, uh, some big deals, uh, big land deals. Uh, people could just put money in there and bank it, you know, just put it in the, the land bank, so to speak. Yeah. Okay. Very, very, very interesting. Land definitely has ticked up dramatically. I don't happen to invest in land just because I like to get the mm-hmm. cash flow. But nonetheless, sure. you're absolutely right. It is hard to buy lots right now. Uh, builders are scrambling to try to do that. Uh, you've touched on it, and I just want to echo what you had said because you talked about the 70s as, as an example of where uh, demand actually rose as interest rates rose. But I've, I've researched this extensively, and it turns out that the fear of interest rate increases actually trumps supply and demand. So the idea of, well, gee, I'm not going to have as much money because my interest rate is going to be higher, uh, that should slow demand, and therefore not as many people can afford uh, to buy a house. But quite frankly, there's little correlation of prices and interest rates. Uh, so uh, you're, you're exactly right. I don't expect, and I'm actually expecting the, the, the opposite, that as interest rates rise, I expect demand actually to rise. Well, yeah, I, I, you know, the MythBuster puts on his hat, and I, what I tell my classes, I've been teaching this class for 20 years, as you indicated, is mm-hmm. that uh, the the myth in the real estate business is that higher interest rates will uh, diminish sales or slow sales right. down, but that isn't necessarily true in an inflationary environment, and I think that's what we the chances are that's where we're headed, and so the 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 correlation goes out the window is the mm-hmm. bottom line, I guess. Exactly, exactly. And mm-hmm. I even uh, used on one of the shows uh, uh, Clara Peller's uh, uh, example, and I said, well, where's the proof? Uh, basically, they were talking about, you know, that's going to, uh, interest rates will kill uh, housing demand, mm-hmm. but where's the proof? So everybody talks about it as a simple theory, mm-hmm. but uh, there is there is actually no proof. Now, the other area I track pretty heavily is mortgage lending. And by the way, that's been dropping for five years, obviously, because the, the, the market and the banks were in trouble and all of those kinds of things. We're 
just starting to see a rise from that low level, which, of course, from a low level, anything looks good. Uh, but as interest rates rise, I would expect the banks to actually start getting in- interested in lending again, and that should have a huge stimulus on the housing market, much more than uh, all of this printing. Well, I, you know, you probably have more expertise in that area because you're you're definitely in on a daily basis. But mm-hmm. what I've seen, you know, headlines is that all the major banks from Wells Fargo on down, they've cut their mortgage uh, department. They've laid off a lot Correct. of employees. There's twenty five thousand employees in that industry just in the major banks alone. Uh, so uh, that to me is a signal that uh, conventional financing uh, is uh, in in a in a decline. So. Um, uh, that that would be contrary to what you you you, you just mm-hmm, indicated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Correct, and at the same, you know, but, but part of it is they're sitting. I mean, that's that's that was going to be my main point here, or next point, kind of to to, to talk about this real estate piece, is if you take a look at all of that printing, there was three and a half trillion or whatever has been printed to date, and it's you know, of course, uh, printing daily, uh, but. Some of it went to food stamps, some of it went to unemployment benefits, some went to buy um, uh, replacement cars from Japan for the Cluckers uh, deal. But $2.2 trillion is sitting on the bank's books. So here's kind of the, the, the question, and of course the Federal Reserve hasn't made a, uh, a stance on it yet, but they're paying the bank, or the Federal Reserve is paying the banks to hold that money. They pay them a quarter percent interest rate. And yep. Of course, they borrowed it for yep. free. Uh, That's they correct. bought the treasuries and you know mortgages right. from them and whatever else. So if the Federal Reserve does indeed decrease that interest rate, either to zero or even negative, uh, to me that 2.2 trillion equates to about 16 trillion of potential lending. Uh, if indeed they're losing money on having that money sit there. Well, I, you know, uh, I saw that too. In fact, it was in the Fed, Federal Reserve Bank notes that they yes. are contemplating, uh, re, you know, not paying the 25 basis points. They mm-hmm. want banks to start making uh, business loans, and uh, they, it could be real estate too. But you know, one thing that's developed that uh, people haven't caught, I just caught it in the Wall Street Journal, okay. is that the banks are lending to, to take off on the Chinese. They're lending to companies that are making small business loans, uh, you know, the fifty to hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollar loans. And there were three companies uh, mentioned in that Wall Street Journal article that are aggressively going out and getting uh, uh, business loans. So that is uh, small business is the yes. is the mm-hmm. you know will will change the unemployment situation. So apparently some of the people in Washington. Uh, and at the Fed are getting the message. But this is kind of a, we're building a shadow banking system is what we're doing. And, That's a good and point. Uh, that, that can be very, very positive. That is a very good point. I did not think of that that way. But you're right, small business loans is absolutely key. But they really haven't been, you know, they, they do them all along, but the numbers have been down year after year. Uh, so that is uh, is indeed very, very positive uh, thought. Now, let me share my quarter million dollar question. As the stock market rose, I sold some stock, took some profits. I've also kind of I used I had way too many individual holdings uh, for for mm-hmm. the amount of time I have available these days. Um, so I've trimmed that a little bit, and uh, of course I'm bringing in money from from my uh, fixed income investments on the on the mortgage side. Uh, so I've got about a quarter million dollars of dry powder sitting around. Uh, mm-hmm. You know a little bit of my background, so this isn't one of those, uh, you know, gee, what would you do if uh, types of questions. You know a little bit about me. How would you suggest I deploy that? Should I be holding on it, waiting for a major dip, as you said, could likely would likely happen this year, and then jump into the stock market more aggressively? What are your thoughts? 
Well, as I indicated earlier, you know, we're going to be 70% cash uh, uh, coming out of this deal if it, if it comes to pass. I'm in a waiting uh, mode, as, as I indicated, is that I want to see what direction this, is, this whole picture is going, whether we're going to have a, a deflationary prospect or an inflationary one. Obviously, if it's inflation, well, then I'm going to be more committed uh, I'm going to use more professionally managed uh, monies uh, that are, you know, not not retail type of uh, uh, mutual funds or ETFs or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But I, th- that's I'm in a, I'm in a wait and see. Uh, I, I think you should keep your powder powder dry if you want me to okay. to. And I think that um, uh, the market will tell us. Uh, number one, we talked about. I think the correction is is coming. Uh, mm-hmm. Two is that we want to see whether or not uh, I believe Janet Yellen will will jump on the bandwagon if there is a threat of deflation or declining inflation. Uh, that uh, then, of course, it would be time to jump back in. And so we've got to be selective, but I think that that opportunity will present itself. Okay. All right. That's uh, good advice. Now, obviously, I, let, let me add, and, and you know, just the, the advice you would give to individual people would be different. To, mm-hmm. You have to know their situation, those kinds of things, and that's why I wanted to kind of uh, preface that one that you know a little bit about my background, portfolio, and those mm-hmm. kinds of things. Uh, let's get a reminder of our listeners. Uh, you do this weekly podcast. You have that blog. You are no, known as the MythBuster. Uh, you do uh, share quite a bit of information about the types of things we talked about in today's show. Uh, what again is the best way that uh, our listeners? Uh, find that well i think the best way is uh to google <clears throat> hl quist and then <clears throat> my uh <clears throat> excuse me um my uh website will come come up the aftermath of greed or you could put in a google search uh the aftermath of greed and then that'll lead you to my uh, blog site and then all the archives and what have you and then they can sign up you know for to get an announcement I use uh, lip sync in uh, the uh, uh, to broadcast, and uh, they'll get a notice when the uh, when I've published the uh, the podcast, so uh, they can sign up on the website. Okay. All right. Yeah, and I do that obviously, so I get the notice. Sure. Uh, as I said, I haven't had a chance to listen to, to this week's yet, but I will be later today. Uh, and and then the other thing is, if they have trouble finding it, they can send an email to me, and I'll send them the uh, the exact information. Uh, HL, we've covered a lot during this show past, the future, the world, financial markets, uh, what additional topics or suggestions would you add for our listeners? Well, I haven't had time to research it yet, Ron, because I've been so busy, but I want to mention uh, House Bill 5337. 5337. 5337. This is the proposal that the government has been working on and the think tank, you know, the liberal think tank. This is going to be, this is called a guaranteed retirement account. They want, they're going to want Americans to convert their funds in 401k and um, uh, it's going to be mandatory uh, to a government retirement account. Uh, we talked about Poland and how they yes. did that as a partial. Uh, Argentina, there's about six or seven countries around the world that are doing the same thing. This is how this administration plans to reduce debt, and this is this, how this administration plans to fund uh, uh, the retirements in uh, Illinois, in Detroit, California, and so forth, all these people that are underwater on their pensions. So uh, this is the massive redistribution. We pray that this will not even see the light of day. 
but I'm going to be researching this, and I, uh, I, I invite everybody to do this. Be on the guard, because if this happens, obviously we want to convert our money out of uh, IRAs now uh, and our 401ks and so forth. So this is a critical item, and I, that, that's the one thing I would leave our audience with. Wow, that, that is reasonably scary. And again, because so many other countries did it, I, I, I remember Hungary is one of the early ones. Uh, they had this big fanfare when they put it in place. I happened to be living there at the time. Uh, mm-hmm. And then a few years later, they started reversing it because of a budget crisis. Uh, and uh, what's, what's really funny is the government that was is still there. <laughs> it's just really scary that people put mm-hmm. up with this stuff. But uh, very, very scary, especially since we've had them around for much longer than most of those countries. Well, the did. way they sold it in Argentina is they said, look, at the stock market, you lost 40, 50 percent in the stock market. Uh, tr- transfer the money to the government. We'll guarantee you $1,000 a month for life. Uh, but they don't tell them that there's no residual uh, for beneficiaries. And they didn't tell them that uh, uh, the devaluation of the currencies would erode the $1,000 a month. You know, so uh, but I tell you, these people will do anything to redistribute oh. wealth. They think that's the answer. That's the solution for everything. And uh, we've got to be mindful of it, that this is for real. This isn't just uh, scare tactics or whatever. This is, uh, this is for real. This is the enemy, and we've got to deal with it. Well, really, really glad you could join us, HL, and ha- hope to have you back on uh, maybe uh, each new year. We, we think we okay. did this one time before, but it'd be great, too, and my best to Olivia. Okay, well, thank you very much. I've enjoyed it, and I hope All right. Hopefully we'll see you to. at the, the uh, uh, Ezria, Ezria meetings once in a while. You should have her there as well. I think February is going to be a very good one in terms of some of the market data. Okay. So uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to see you there as well. Thank good. you for, for joining us. Thanks Appreciate again, Ron. That. Bye-bye. All right, we covered a lot uh, related to both 2013 and 14. Uh, so much that I won't try to summarize it. Uh, if you didn't get an opportunity to take notes, I highly suggest you go back and re-listen from the archive, um, which I'll, I'll share with you very shortly. It will be well worth your time. This is the third time we had H.L. Quist back on the show. We're considering making it a New Year's tradition if his schedule allows. It definitely is always great to hear his words of wisdom. And... Um, with that, uh, I hope you wrote down your New Year's resolutions, and now part of them will be what some of the financial things will be. But, and I said, I said it, but let me emphasize, you made your resolutions, but most importantly, you wrote them down, because otherwise you will forget them. Uh, one of mine, and I shared earlier, is to not focus on either or, but to focus on and, to focus on both. Now, I mention it so that throughout 2014, you keep me accountable, hold me accountable to that, that am I focusing on both? And uh, so, therefore, don't ask yourself this year, should I focus on building my wealth or helping charities more? Ask yourself, how do I need to build my wealth and help charities more? So I, I share that challenge for 2014 with you as well. My personal challenge is to stop asking whether I should focus on building the business and help more clients, investors, or spend more time with my family. Instead, I'll be focusing on, and this is my struggle, uh, building the business and spending more time with family. Another challenge I have, uh, as as you know, I I both run a business as well as uh, doing this show, is I have to stop asking myself, should I dedicate more time to the Wealth DNA radio show or to my core business? 
Instead, I need to focus on how do I use and leverage my time to keep improving the Wealth DNA Radio Show and keep growing my core business. Now, that, by the way, is another great topic for the future uh, shows, leverage. If you haven't finalized your reading list for uh, financial education for this year, I recommend two books. We touched on them very briefly at the beginning. The first is H.L. Quist's Aftermath of Greed. And uh, that book it will give you a very good summary of where we've been and why, and he foresaw this. And then his, the second one is his book, How to Profit from the Coming Inflationary Boom and Avoid the Next Crash. And we're there. We're in the process. And those books will be give, give you a much better idea of why you want to pay close attention to what he shared with us today. We are in that profit stage. Inflation is inevitable. As he shared today, he does expect a uh, brief deflationary period, or as the Europeans would say, a decreasing inflationary period. And interestingly, the Fed is actually talking about that being one of their concerns because their data from the Bureau of Lies and, and uh, Scams, uh, also known as uh, BOLS, uh, shows that inflation has been very, very low. And another topic we'll cover in the future, currency versus money. See, the government and central banks can't print money. We say that phrase, but they really can't. They can only print currency. It's quite an important distinction, and we'll cover that in the future. And it's a key reason why I am holding a lot in precious metals and continue to be bullish on precious metals. Uh, the timing, the exact timing, is, as HL said, uh, may still be a few months away, waiting for another bottom, and then it would really take off. I don't mind holding for a little while longer and uh, to see that boom. And remember, one of the best ways to increase your wealth, tune into the show twice a month. We share the investment fundamentals, some great ideas, and help diversify and grow your portfolio. And today is a good example. Now, our next show, we'll have Jason Slade back to talk about annuities. You may recall he's a financial advisor with Raymond James here in the Phoenix area. This is a key topic we need to cover actually in several shows, and I feel comfortable having Jason Slade kick it off. You see, he's not the type to sell one type of annuity or plug his company. He does a great job of educating investors. He even holds two casual meetings over coffee each week covering these types of topics, the topics you and all our listeners need to be well-versed in. The next Wealth DNA radio show, fourth Monday of January. Monday, January 27th, 9 a.m. Arizona time. Same place, same time. We'll always have the lineup of guests and topics on WealthDNA.us, and there you'll find the archive of past shows. If you have some comments or questions about today's show, if you didn't write down the information, how to reach H.L. Uh, Quist, or you need to get the specifics, just send an email to me, ron at WealthDNA.us. We'll keep you posted about future shows and events. Happy investing, and let's make it a very prosperous new year. DNA with Ron Naraki on Arizona Boomer Radio. Arizona Boomer Radio is produced by the Boomer and the Babe Incorporated and can be heard Monday through Friday. 
You can sign up for their online magazine at boomerandthebabe.com. To reach the Boomer and the Babe, email host at boomerandthebabe.com or friend them on facebook.com slash boomerandbabe. And on Blog Talk, you can friend them at blogtalkradio.com slash boomerandbabe. Follow their tweets at twitter.com slash boomerandbabe. Be sure to make the second half of your life the best half of your life. And remember, at 50, you're just getting started. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.